listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message comes from our Saturday night service in Brea, California. We pray these messages will build your faith and encourage you today. We are in a series about how to grow and become the person God has created you to be. We're in this series called Rooted, a foundation for a better you. God designed you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He has these great plans in store for you. And like, uh, like this growing Hass avocado tree, we got some new little sprouts down here. I don't know if you guys are watching our tree every week. We got some new little leaves that have popped out this week. Uh, our, our avocado, our Hass avocado tree is doing very well. I think the rain has really helped it. We put it outside uh, every week so that it gets some fresh air and some water and stuff. But like this Hass avocado tree, we as people have been created by God to be fruitful, to be productive, to grow and be successful. And we know that the fruitfulness of this tree, this avocado tree, which is still young and hasn't hasn't produced any fruit yet, but the work that's going on down in here, the roots, this is where where the work is done and the, the fruitfulness of this tree is really dependent on the roots, isn't it? That's why we're in this series called Rooted, because to be the person God's created us to be, there's some roots in our life that need to be strengthened, that need to be healthy so that we can, like a tree, bear fruit and be productive. Our fruitfulness depends on the roots. That's why we have this theme verse. Take a look at it, would you? As a matter of fact, let's all read this theme verse together. Let's fill this room with God's word. Ready, begin. Let your roots grow down into him, Jesus Christ, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong, the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. That's that's found in Colossians chapter two, verse seven. Now, some of you might be going because you're new here going, well, Pastor Kelly, why do we read this same verse every single week? Well, this is our theme verse, but I also have some motivation. I believe we have to hide God's word in our heart. I believe we have to get God's word in there. And one of the ways is by memorizing scripture. Now, I talk to a lot of people like, I just don't have time to memorize the Bible because I'm trying to learn things at work. I'm trying to learn things at school. I'm having a hard time to even memorize the passage of scripture. So I thought I'd help you. Every single Saturday night, we're gonna read this and you'll have a verse that you will have memorized by the time we're done with this series. That sound good? At least you'll have one stuck in there. All right, so that's one of the reasons why we do this so that we can get God's word into our heart. Plus, it is our springboard for our messages. We have seen through Jesus's teaching, specifically the last couple of weeks, a parable, that the seed that God plants in us is his word, the Bible. That's the seed that gets planted in our life. And the word is good. It's full of everything we need. There is nothing wrong with this seed, the word of God, nothing wrong with it. But the seed needs to take root and grow. A couple of weeks ago, I showed you that little bean seed planted in soil with the roots growing down. If you missed out, it was kind of weird. Almost looked alien-ish because it was sped up where the roots were growing down. That seed needs to take root and grow to produce fruit in our life. And Jesus illustrates this point in the New Testament with a parable that was recorded in the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, and also in the book of Luke. Mark chapter four, 
Matthew chapter 13 and Luke chapter 8. And we're going to jump back to that tonight for just a few minutes. Before I read it, let me give you the summary. If you weren't here the last couple of weeks, and I know a few of you weren't, this parable is very simple. Jesus talks about a farmer who goes out to scatter seed. And the way he did it, big old bag full of seed, and he gets out there and just starts tossing it, just starts tossing it. And Jesus says some of the seed fell on a, on a path. Some of the seed fell in, in amongst some rocks. Some seed fell amongst some thorns and some other seed fell into some fertile soil. Of course, the disciples and, and the, the followers were like, we don't understand what this parable means. And so he goes on to explain it. And here's how he explains it in Mark chapter four, verses 15 through 20. He says, the farmer sows the word. So the seed means the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word has been sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on the rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke out the word, making it unfruitful. Finally, others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, they accept it and produce a crop some 30, 60, some 100 times what was sown. I think we get the picture. This is the second, almost third week that we've, we've dug into this and I wanted to drill down because this is a foundational, jugular teaching of Jesus Christ and all of us need to get a hold of this if we wanna see the fruitfulness of the Holy Spirit in our life. And the fruitfulness of the Holy Spirit is simply this, love. Being able to love when others aren't able to love. Joy in the times of sorrow. Peace in the times of tribulation. Patience. Whew. How many can use a little patience, huh? Kindness. We could use a world that's a little more kind. Goodness. Gentleness. Faithfulness. And self-control. Those who are previously addicts understand what I'm talking about. A little self-control could use that. This is the fruit that God wants to see in your life. And you can experience that. But it requires sowing the word into our heart, allowing it to take root and produce the fruit that it's supposed to produce. In this teaching, Jesus says that the soil represents the heart of men and women. The people. And we see in this parable, there are four, four types of soil. Take a look. It's the hard soil, the path, the rocky soil, the thorny soil, and the fertile soil. These are the four different types of soil. These are the four different types of hearts. And so tonight, we're gonna look at these soils of our heart, and I'm gonna ask you to do something. Begin to look at your own heart and go, where am I at here? Where am I? When God's word comes to me, whether it's through preaching, through reading, through devotional time, where am I? 
Where am I? Because where you are is gonna determine how fruitful you're going to be. It's what Jesus said. These are the words of Jesus. Where you are is gonna determine how fruitful you're gonna be, okay? Um, recently, because of this teaching, I'm, I'm always doing research on various areas. I picked up a couple of gardening books because I wanted to find out about different types of soil, right? And uh, I, I've been looking at these different gardening books and I found one of these gardening books. It's an old gardening book. And take a look. This was a quote from uh, Thomas Jefferson's garden book. Thomas Jefferson's garden book said this, building good soil is foundational to a healthy garden. Did you all know Thomas Jefferson was a gardener too? The guy was so prolific. I mean, he did everything. Building good soil is foundational to a healthy garden. Most garden plant problems are caused by poor soil. Poor soil. So I brought myself a little soil here to illustrate how important the soil is to this. This is actually the same soil that we put into this, this, um, this pot, container, whatever this thing's called. What would you call this thing? Planter, thank you. <laughs> into the planter. We put it into the planter. <laughs> Makes sense. Put it into the planter and this tree is, is thriving. It's doing well. It's doing well. And I'm excited about that because we chose the right soil. We chose fertile soil. Last week, we focused, if you weren't here, check out the podcast. Last week, we focused on the hard soil. And what happens when that seed hits the hard soil? There's an enemy, an adversary. Jesus names him as Satan or Satan. And, and that, that, that spirit of wickedness wants to steal the seed that is being sown into your life. And if the soil is not fertile, it'll sit on the top and it'll quickly get taken away. We saw that last week. I won't go into great depths of it. But I want to talk about that hard soil. The, the hard-hearted person that when the seed of God, God's word comes out, it just kind of bounces there on the top. Which allows the enemy to come in and take it away really quickly. This word just gets stolen away because the heart is hard. And I was trying to think back, who are some people that I've interacted with that were that kind of person? Maybe you can think of a person who just has a hard heart, a hard attitude towards the things of God. I remember this one guy when I was attending The Rock uh, right over here in Anaheim. And uh, I came out of a service and man, I was really excited about the word that had been taught because it really spoke deeply to me. And I was just kind of thinking on it and letting it run around in my head. And I saw a friend of mine and I walked over to him and he was talking to somebody. I just kind of stood there for a moment. I said, hey, hey, hey. Um, I asked, what'd you, what'd you think? What'd you think about today? And his immediate response was, well, did you see Pastor Jerry's shirt? Man, what is, this isn't the 90s anymore. Pastor Jerry needs to get himself some more shirts. We need to talk to Pastor Jerry. We need to get him a little bit, get him more current. And he was going on and on about Pastor Jerry's shirt. And I said, no, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. I meant the message. And he goes, oh yeah, yeah, it was okay. It was a little long. A little, little long, a little dry, I thought. And I'm thinking, man, did he hear the same thing that I heard? Because what I heard, man, went straight into my heart. 
And to this day, it's something that I go back to. And I, re- I remember, man, that word that was given that spoke to me and it still speaks to me this day. But this young man had a hard heart, had a bad attitude, actually. He was distracted. Listen, a hard heart is not going to receive the promises of God from his word. It's just not going to happen. Nothing wrong with the seed. But the condition of the heart, if it's hard, is going to keep you from experiencing the things that God has designed you for. It can't take root. I remember personally, I went to a men's camp one time, a number of years ago. And I get to the men's camp and I didn't know who the speaker was going to be. And I sat down that evening as the service was getting started and I began to worship. I was really excited about this weekend, getting away, getting to hang out with these guys. And then they introduced the speaker. And immediately I I went, oh, not him. (laughs) Shoot. Me and this guy had worked together before at a camp and he's older than me and he corrected me a couple of times. When I was directing activities, he corrected me on my attitude. (laughs) Well, I had an attitude towards him that night. And that whole weekend, I didn't like the guy. And listen, all weekend long, I missed out on what God was saying. Because this guy had offended me. You see... How does the heart get hard? Let me tell you, this is what makes a heart hard. When we're we're unthankful and have a critical attitude, that can make a heart hard. When we get easily offended, somebody said something, they looked at you wrong. Man, I remember getting in a fight with a guy one time. And after we all done fighting, I go, dude, what's your problem? He goes, I don't like the way you looked at me. I don't know how I looked at him. Now, nowadays, my, my daughters tell me, Dad, you've got a real serious face. You know, it's, it's kind of intimidating. Was an RBF? Is that what I, mean? yeah. I don't know what that is, but I've been told that. Yeah, y'all looking at me. Yeah, Pastor Alvaro's going, oh, I don't know what that is. That's okay, Pastor Alvaro. Ask one of the young adults later on. It's a bad face. Resting bad face. (laughs) Obviously, my face offended that young man. And we got into a fight. What makes your heart hard? Unthankful, critical attitude, always picking things apart. Easily offended. And here's another big one, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. The list goes on. Bitterness, jealousy, envy. These are things that get like concrete into your heart. At first, not a big deal. Just like soft concrete, not a big deal. But after a while, if it stays there, it begins to solidify. And God's word comes at you, wanting to see you experience the fullness, the abundance that Jesus Christ has for you. And that seed just, ding, falls off. Because some of these things are in there. Unthankfulness, 
critical attitude, easily offended. One author, one Christian author, who I highly respect, says that offense is the bait of Satan. It's Satan's bait to hook you in when we're easily offended. And like bait, it looks good, it's tasty, but it's deadly. It's deadly. These things are like concrete. So, so how do we deal with the hard soil? Because I want to hit on all these soils. How do we deal with this hard soil? How can we get it softened up? Well, it happened today. How do you soften soil if you're going to work in your backyard? What do you do? Right? Turn on the sprinkler, turn on the hose. I used to live in the high desert, Hesperia, California. Yeah, it's a good place to be from. Um, my in-laws still live there, so I, I still enjoy the high desert. But my father-in-law, when he goes out to plant trees and stuff, he, he will spend a week just trying to dig one hole. Yeah, he'll fill it up with water. He'll scrape the top of the soil, fill it up with water, come back about an hour later. Most of the water has soaked in, but not all of it. He digs a little more out, puts some more water in there, trying to soften the soil because the, the soil up in the desert is rock hard. Well, that's how you soften soil. You got to get water on it. Well, listen how we can soften a hard heart. It's found right here in Isaiah chapter 44, verse three. This is what God says. For I will pour out water. Everybody say water. water. To quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. And then he says, and now, so now he's going to compare it, right? He compares the water to the fields. Now he's going to compare what he does. And I will pour out my what? Spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. You see this picture of water, God is saying is his spirit. The Holy Spirit softens a human's heart. It softens a human's heart. The Holy Spirit softens a hardened heart like water on hard packed soil. That's why I pray often when I meet individuals and they're so opposed to God. When I watch individuals on television speaking mm, harsh, hateful things about God and his people, my prayer immediately is, Holy Spirit, soften their heart. I don't say, God, may your judgment come and fry their head. <laughs> Though I feel that way sometimes. I say, God, Holy Spirit, soften their heart so that your word can get in there and it can produce life. You see, that's the job of the Holy Spirit like water on hard-pressed soil is to soften our hearts to the things of God. And that is why we need to pray every day, it says in Ephesians, to be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians chapter five, be filled with God's Holy Spirit. That word in the original Greek language is an active word, not a passive word. It means be, being filled with the Holy Spirit on regular occurrences, daily. Guys, it's easy for our hearts to get hard. I don't care how long you've been walking with Jesus. Things can get in there. You can get easily offended. You can get a critical attitude. You can be unthankful. You can walk in unforgiveness and that hardens your heart. So I, I challenge you every morning, God, in the name of Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit and keep my heart pliable and fertile. Amen? Amen? Amen. Okay, second soil, because I want to keep moving. Second soil is the rocky soil. 
Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, sorry, no. Wrong Rocky. Rocky soil. Rocky soil. The soil that's full of rocks. And it's hard to plant. It's hard to get something with deep roots when there are rocks. I love the, 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 the country of Scotland. I think it's such a beautiful place. How many of you guys seen pictures of Scotland? I just found out recently that, that through my biological mother, she let me know that I'm actually Scottish. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to going to Scotland someday. But, but Scotland is full of rocks. And so the farmers struggle to grow things because the soil is so full of rocks. So they learned what they had to do is they had to prepare the soil. They had to pull the rocks out and they would take the rocks. Okay, what do we do with these rocks? Okay, we're gonna build fences and buildings. So they take it all out and get, try to get the soil to where it was fertile so that it could grow something. Rocky soil keeps roots from going deep and getting the water and the nutrients that they need to thrive. As a result... With shallow roots, when the sun or the weather comes, those plants either get washed away from the storm or they get burned up from the sun because the roots are not secure in fertile soil. That's what Jesus said. For all of us, that comes. The rocks in our life are the naturally, th naturally occurring things that happen in our life that try to rob the word from producing life in us. And Jesus calls it persecutions and troubles. Persecutions and troubles. Now, I know when you hear persecutions, some of us think, oh, well, you're talking about like the missionaries in the Middle East, right? That's the kind of persecutions, those who are being persecuted for their faith. Yes, that is some. But for those of us on a daily occurrence, that may not be exactly what's happening. But here's what happens for us, persecution, when people treat you unfairly and unkind as persecution. When so-called friends are gossiping about you, persecution. When family members cheat you out of what's due you, that's persecution. Coworkers who pressure you to compromise your integrity and your faith, that's persecution. And these things come at us on a daily basis. Those can be rocks in our soil that can keep our roots from going deep. Troubles. Troubles. All of us face troubles every single day. Every single day. You hear God's promises, for example, you hear God's promises for financial provision, right? Matter of fact, let me, let me give you a quick example of rocks in our life. Let's say you're here on a Saturday night and we're teaching on finances because that's one of the main topics that's covered in scripture. Bible says where your heart is, there your, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we understand that where our treasure is, where we put our value. For many of us, we put our value in finances. So Jesus speaks to that. So let's say on a Saturday night, I'm talking about finances. And I say Philippians chapter four, verse 19 says, God who takes care of me will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, which have been given to me through Jesus Christ. I hear this word. Philippians 4.19, I hear that on a Saturday night. You hear that. You go, yeah, that's right. God, who provides all of my needs according to his riches and glory. You hear Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, where Jesus says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all that you have need for will be taken care of. Oh yeah, you hold on. You go, that's right. You walk out of here going, Pastor Kelly can preach. That Bible is true. I'm holding on to that. God's gonna meet all of my needs. The next morning, you walk outside, you start your car, your transmission falls to the ground. Boom. 
And before you cuss, you call AAA, you get them down there, they come and look at it, it gets towed, and then they hand you a bill for $2,000 to repair your transmission. Now you cuss. No, you don't cuss. It's trouble. It's trouble. You just received a word from God and now you face a life, daily life trouble. A daily life trouble. Are you going to choose to let the trouble dictate God's word? Okay. You make it past the car. All right. God is going to supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and, and all my needs will be taken care of. All right, all right, that's right. The transmission's gonna be good. We're gonna be fine. God, you're gonna provide what we need. What, honey? What, honey? What, what? The washing machine broke and flooded the upstairs? What? Our, our homeowner's insurance doesn't cover it? Now you can cuss. No. It's trouble. It's trouble. These are life's troubles and it happens. It happens to all of us. But these life's troubles are like rocks in the soil. And if, if we're not intentional about it, that seed won't take deep root because we'll allow the troubles to consume us. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, in this life, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome this world. And he says, look to me and we will overcome these troubles together. Let's be honest. Life's troubles and life's persecutions can beat down on your faith like the hot summer sun in August, can't it? I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you my own way. These troubles can cause you to question like rocks in the soil. And you and I can choose. Do we let the heat burn up what God is doing? Or do we let doubt, not or, but do we let doubt and fear specifically to this word? Do we let doubt and fear fry your growing faith? Often we do. If we're honest, we do. And we wonder why I'm not producing the kind of fruit in my life that I should be. Because we're letting the troubles, we're letting the persecutions weigh us down. So how do we deal with the rocks? Next slide. How do we deal with the rocks? And I'm gonna give you two simple ways. By the way, if you're a note taker, you should take these notes. If not, just take a picture of the screen so you can go back and look at this. I wanna know how to deal with the rocks. Number one, recognize what they are. See the rocks for what they are. They're life's troubles and you're gonna get past them. This too shall pass. Recognize them what they are, but declare God's word to be more true than the troubles that you're facing. Did you hear what I said? Declare God's word to be more true than the troubles you're facing. God's word is more true. It takes faith. But here's what'll happen. When you do that, it forces the roots past those rocks. And here's the beautiful thing. 
When you begin to declare God's word to be more true than the troubles you're facing, the roots in your spirit go deep. And guess what? They begin to get anchored into those rocks. And now those rocks that were hindering your faith from growing now become part of the strength and part of the story. The trouble you face now becomes a testimony. You see what that is? Because you've held on to God's word and you've said, no, 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 no. God's word is more true than these troubles. And God, you said that you will provide all of my needs according to your riches and glory. And I trust in that more. And it forces the roots of your faith to go deep. And now those rocks don't hinder you. Now they become part of your story and part of your strength. My daughter, Rachel, who will humbly not share her story unless you ask her very poignantly, she shared tonight about her tithing. I love her story. One night she'll have to come and share it with you guys. But she's been a tither since she first started getting a little bit of money. And she's trusting God. As a result, as she got ready to start college, she was concerned. How am I going to pay for college? Out of nowhere, through the miracles of God, God provided miraculous ways for all of her college to be paid for. Forcing those roots past the troubles of life. How are we going to do this? So that it would strengthen her. I'll let her share more of the details sometime on Saturday night to encourage you recognize what they are. And secondly, what's the second one say? Choose. choose. You choose to go back to the specific word that God gave you and hold on to it. Don't let go of it. Go back to that word and hold on to that seed and say, Holy Spirit, fill me and give me the strength I need to hold on to this promise. And like water to the seed, it will strengthen those roots in your faith, and you will grow. You will grow. Listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 8, and Psalm chapter 1. Take a look really quickly. It says, the righteous man is rescued from trouble. This is a passage that I read over myself. I say it out loud. When I face troubles, I say, Lord, the righteous man is rescued from trouble. Your word says the righteous man is rescued from trouble. God, your word says the righteous man is rescued from trouble. And you know what the enemy comes to try to do? Steal that right out of my heart. He said, well, you ain't righteous. Enemy begins to speak. Oh, you're not righteous. You're a stupid sinner. Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's another passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that says that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Shut up, devil. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. As a matter of fact, not only am I the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, Proverbs 11a says the righteous man is rescued from trouble. This trouble will pass. See, this isn't positive thinking. This is standing on the promises of God's word. This is what God wants you to experience. The fruitfulness in your life. That's why this is such an important message because Christians, men and women are not getting a hold of this. And I watch them bumbling through life like everybody else. And I'm saying, Lord, soften their heart, get the word in them and let it be fruitful. Psalm chapter one, one more time. I, it's, again, it's one of my favorite passages. Psalm chapter one. Matter of fact, when is Pete coming, Hanukkah? Next week, Pete wrote a song about Psalm chapter one many, many years ago, and I'm gonna have him play it for us next uh, Saturday night. Uh, Pete is an amazing, amazing musician, and God just speaks to him through music. Um, and so Psalm chapter one, and he 
shall be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water whose leaf does not wither and whatsoever he does prospers. God, that's the kind of man I wanna be, like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, yielding my fruit in my season. My leaf does not wither and whatever I do prospers. It's a promise from God. Come on up here, James. As we, as we wrap things up. Now, some of you are going, wait a minute, there's two more soil. You're right. For the sake of time, I mean, we could go for another half an hour and we can get into those two soils. We got to get into the thorny soil and the fertile soil. So I'm going to put a little comma here and say, come back for the next two soil. You want to hear about the fertile soil because that one's fun. That one's fun. Listen, as we wrap up, I want you to hear this. God loves you. God loves you so much. That's why Jesus gave us these warnings in this, in this psalm, in this passage. And the interesting thing is, of the four soil, only one produces fruit. If we were to statistically do this, if we were to say that 25% of the population are hard soil, 25% of you are rocky soil, 25% of you are thorny soil, and 25% of you are fertile, that means only one quarter of you are going to experience the fullness of God. And I don't want that. Jesus doesn't want that. That's why he gives us this warning. God wants you to be exactly who he's created you to be. He wants you to have everything that he said you can have. He wants you to do what he said you can do. So open your heart. Allow that seed to go in there and hold on to it. Don't let go. The promises of God's word are meant to come to pass. So pray, believe, declare, and hold on in faith to the things of God and his ways. Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at wearerefinery.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram at wearerefinery. God bless.